Guess what? We're talking about diet culture. Are you ready? Welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. If you're new to Beauty Unlocked, I'm Carissa, host of this circus. Welcome, friends. If you've been a long-time listener, you know all about the shenanigans and utter fuckery that is Beauty Unlocked. <laughs> Are you ready? Howdy, hi, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Beauty Unlocked. I'm Carissa, and today we're diving into a topic that's pervasive in our society, yet often goes unnoticed, the insidious grasp of diet culture. Let's get into it. So this episode is based on an article written by Yasmin Jeffrey. I found it on abc.net.au, and I'll add the link to the article in the show notes so that you can take a look at it. Um, just a warning that I'm going to briefly mention eating disorders, disordered eating, and restrictive eating practices. I had to clear my throat there for, for a second. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself at the dinner table engaged in a conversation about weight gain with your family? That's what psychologist and Butterfly Foundation treatment team leader Anila Azar terms as diet culture. It's this societal construct that places thinness on a pedestal, equating it with success and beauty. But as Azar explains, it's much more than that. It ingrains the belief that someone is morally bad if they don't conform to these standards. The origins of diet culture are multifaceted, rooted in race, culture, sex, identity, and capitalism, says Azar. While pinpointing its exact beginnings remains a subject of debate, it's clear that diet culture has been present in various forms for centuries. But why is diet culture gaining more attention now? According to non-diet nutrition advisor Nina Kingsford-Smith, our relationship with media plays a significant role. She points to the diet industry as the driving force, capitalizing on societal narratives that endorse thinness and unrealistic beauty standards. Social media platforms like Instagram have the power to amplify diet culture, notes Ms. Azar. For instance, she references a now-deleted 2018 Instagram ad by Kim Kardashian, the Kardashians, promoting appetite-suppressant lollipops as a prime example of this phenomenon. However, Ms. Kingsford-Smith offers a contrasting perspective. She suggests that content promoting diet culture, such as the Kardashians' ad, may inadvertently fuel anti-diet culture movements. As she explains, more individuals are expressing frustration with such content, leading to increased backlash. Like I said in my last episode, we're sick and tired of seeing content that makes people feel less than whether it be toxic body trends, whether we're talking that this food is good and this food is bad, and if you don't go to the gym, then you're lazy, blah, blah, blah. We're sick and tired of this kind of content. This backlash often manifests on the same social media platforms where diet culture is prevalent. Actress Jamila Jamil serves as a notable example. Using her Instagram and Twitter, or now it's called X, I don't know, accounts to dissect and critique diet culture, often by targeting figures like the Kardashians. Following a selection of plus-sized influencers may prompt the algorithm to present posts aligned with counter-diet culture movements, such as the Health at Every Size, or H-A-E-S, Body Positivity, and body neutrality and body acceptance movements. 
This is why I say, folks, if you're active on social media, make sure to diversify your feeds. Let's not overlook the detrimental effects of diet culture. The online outcry against it is growing, as it's becoming increasingly evident that health is far more nuanced than the simplistic equation of skinny equals good and fat equals bad. Mrs. R. and Miss Kingsford Smith shed light on the fallacy of diet culture's premise, which hinges on the belief that thinness equals health. Mm, mm, mm. This notion is fundamentally flawed. Yes, it is. Research has demonstrated that the majority of individuals who lose weight through dieting end up regaining it. Kingsford Smith elaborates on this, pointing out how diets sever the connection between individuals and their body's internal cues. Viewing food solely as nutrients or calories is a reductionist approach that fails to acknowledge its broader role in health and life, which includes bringing joy and fostering social connections. Furthermore, Ms. Azar underscores the alarming correlation between dieting and the development of eating disorders. Those who engage in moderate dieting are six times more likely to develop an eating disorder, while severe dieters face an 18-fold risk. Eating disorders, as Azar stresses, are potentially life-threatening mental illnesses. Although diet culture impacts us all, it's crucial to recognize that diet culture doesn't affect everyone in the same way. Rachel Roberts, a fat-positive counselor specializing in working with individuals in larger bodies, underscores this point. She explains how diet culture is intricately tied to fat phobia, which encompasses negative attitudes toward larger bodies and an irrational fear of being or associating with fat individuals. Roberts emphasizes that people in larger bodies experience the ramifications of a fatphobic society in a distinctly profound manner. She points to research indicating that individuals facing weight bias can encounter medical discrimination based on their weight. Additionally, studies reveal that people in larger bodies are less likely to be considered for job opportunities or promotions. Roberts highlights the intersectionality of fatness with other marginalized identities, exacerbating the oppression experienced by individuals in larger bodies. This interconnectedness underscores the pervasive nature of weight bias and its impact on various aspects of individuals' lives. Diet culture infiltrates various aspects of our lives beyond mere dietary choices, from fat talk among friends to the marketing of foods as inherently good or bad. Its influence is pervasive. Even seemingly innocuous practices like intermittent fasting or detoxes are manifestations of diet culture, masking themselves as wellness trends. Yes, my friends, the health and wellness industries are rife with diet culture talk. So, how do we navigate through this maze of diet culture? Nina Kingsford-Smith suggests examining our motivations behind food and exercise choices. Are they aligned with our internal values or rooted in societal pressure? By fostering self-awareness, compassion, and I'm going to add here, educating ourselves, we can begin to untangle ourselves from the grips of diet culture. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to listen to similar episodes and you're a, a new listener, um, howdy hi, by the way, um, I've compiled a list of previous episodes that relate to diet culture, like the toxic side to Instagram's fitness culture, hating our body is learned behavior, diet culture continues to gaslight us, snapback culture is toxic 
AF. We need to stop praising someone's revenge body made very popular by Khloe Kardashian. Let's be honest, fat phobia exists and so many others. So I'll be adding um I'll be adding all these episodes in the show notes. Remember, friends, that there's nothing wrong with your body. Don't treat it as a trend. Make sure to diversify your feeds um, uh, on social media. Unfollow anyone who makes you feel less than. Keep educating yourselves and keep checking yourselves. Now, if you're active on social media as well, why don't you give us a follow on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube? You'll find the link to that in the show notes as well. With all that being said, my sugar babies, you'll hear from me again next week. Bye! Make it clap, 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 clap.